Hey, welcome. It is uh, 10.07, and uh, we're going to talk about uh, Facebook. Everybody wanted to regulate Facebook. It was omnipotent. It needed control. But no, it apparently didn't. And uh, we'll go into some of those details. But we were talking last hour about these battery-powered cars, and I said I would share some facts uh, that John Stossel put up. And I think John Stossel's a pretty honest dealer of facts. So for those of you who are still in the, boy, those battery-powered cars are neat category, this may perhaps uh, uh, pop your, your balloon. I think there's a place for hybrids. I think there's an advantage to hybrids. Uh, and it's not necessarily gas mileage related. Uh, but I think the technology for the batteries is nowhere near ready for prime time. And this big push uh, for no good reason is uh, simply uh, a waste of money. Uh, the government is right now spending billions of your dollars and billions of dollars they don't even have to put up charging stations around the country in an attempt to make it more uh, hospitable toward the, you know, the battery-powered vehicle uh, community. The problem with the government putting them in is, uh, as the technology changes, they won't. And that's going to actually frankly, cripple the battery-powered car technology because they're going to constantly have to refer back to what the government has done uh, for their ubiquitous but old-fashioned charging stations, and they won't be able to update. It's just the way the marketplace works when the government insinuates itself. But here's John Stossel, and if you think these battery-powered cars are a good idea, this is just a, this is part of a two-part series he's done on them, and I think you'll find it Fascinating. Electric cars are having a moment. Oh my God. Electric car sales are up 66%. Anybody want to jump in the back? And now my president says the future is electric and there's no turning back. To make sure of that, some states are banning gas-powered cars. Gasoline cars are driving us toward climate chaos. We actually have to stop using fossil fuel vehicles. California's governor made that an executive order. We will eliminate the sales of internal combustion engines. Governments everywhere say they plan to do that. The government has a vision for a future where all our cars will be electric. But this is just magical thinking. It can't happen. In this video and the next, we point out five inconvenient facts about electric cars that politicians and green activists just don't understand. Electric cars are amazing. Physicists like Mark Mills of the Manhattan Institute do understand. He says the trend to electric is a good thing. But it won't change the future in any significant way with respect to oil use or carbon dioxide emissions. That's inconvenient fact one. More electric cars will hardly dent oil use. If all of us bought electric cars, would it make any difference? So the world has 15, 18 million electric vehicles now. It could go to 300 million, maybe 500 million vehicles. I don't think it will get that many, but that's the aspiration. That would reduce world oil consumption by about 10%. That's not nothing, but it doesn't end the use of oil for the world. Because most of it's used for what? Flying airplanes, driving buses, big trucks, the mining equipment to get the copper to build the electric cars is all oil-fired. And it won't change because those trucks last 40 years. And even if all vehicles somehow switch to electricity, there'd be another problem because despite what we've heard, 
further, faster, cheaper, and greener. Electric cars are not all that green. One reason is because electricity isn't all that green. I'm amazed talking to people who are all excited about their electric car and they say, and I'm not polluting. <laughs> and I say, where do you get the electricity from? And they don't know. They don't know that most of America's electricity comes from fossil fuels, natural gas and coal. Just 12% comes from wind and solar. Yet auto companies tell us... Electric vehicles in general are better and more sustainable for the environment. She's a Ford engineer. She's not ignorant. Well, actually, she probably is ignorant in the literal sense of the word. She's not stupid, but ignorance speaks to what you know. You have to mine somewhere on Earth 500,000 pounds of minerals and rock to make one battery. And most of this mining isn't done in the U.S. American regulations make it nearly impossible. So it's done other places, polluting those countries. And worse, ingredients in batteries are mined in places that enslave people and use child labor. An army of children are at the heart of the mining production, wearing no shoes and in the most wretched conditions. Most Americans proudly driving electric cars don't know about this. They just don't want mining done near them. But wherever it's done, mining is a dirty business that adds lots of carbon to the air. If you're worried about carbon dioxide, the electric vehicle is emitted 10 to 20 tons of carbon dioxide before it even gets to your driveway, before you drive the first mile and plug it in the first time. Carbon dioxide produced by the mining and the manufacturing and the shipping. Exactly. Volkswagen published an honest study. They point out that the first 60,000 miles or so you're driving an electric vehicle, that electric vehicle will have emitted more carbon dioxide than if you just drove a conventional vehicle in the first place. You have to own it for a while before the electric part starts to win. You have to own it for at least 100,000 miles, and then the electric part wins by some. So it doesn't get you a zero emissions vehicle. It's reduced the emissions then by 20 or 30 percent, which is not nothing. But it's not zero. No, it's not close to zero. In our next video, more inconvenient facts about electric cars. So, apparently, um, they're not so green. And there are all kinds of drawbacks. Why do they keep pushing this on us? I, it's, it's insane. I have a theory. I, I think what... what, uh, what Brian and I should do is open up an automobile dealership on the California-Nevada border, just inside Nevada, so Californians can come across the state line in a few years, buy cars from us, and drive them back. Is California going to say you can't bring your car into California if it burns gasoline? I don't think so. Maybe they're not selling them there. Maybe that'll devastate automobile dealerships there. But they can't very well stop anybody with a gasoline-powered car from driving there. It's insanity. Not to mention the strain on the power grid. Stupid, stupid, stupid. Uh, it's just people who buy into this are half a bubble off plum. All right. Here's what's up. I wanted to talk about Jeff Bezos, but unfortunately the clock keeps ticking. And I don't get a chance to. But Jeff Bezos is incredibly rich. And I don't begrudge him his wealth. I mean, this guy has billions and billions of dollars. This is a good thing. 
What's he going to do with that when he dies? He's worth $124 billion. That's enough for me to buy the radio station and fire Brian. <laughs> well, we'll tell you what he's going to do with it, and it's a surprise. Gary Nolan Show, Zimmer Radio Network. It is 19 minutes after 10 o'clock. Glad to have you with us. Uh, school lunches, we're going to talk about those briefly this morning. Uh, but Jeff Bezos is in the news. This guy is just incredibly wealthy. The left hate incredibly wealthy people, unless, of course, they're politically from the left. Uh, if you're, you know, some Hungarian billionaire like George Soros and you give uh, left-leaning groups money, that's okay. If you're a billionaire and a conservative uh, or a libertarian like the Koch brothers, well, now that's just plain evil. But Jeff Bezos is up there, $124 billion. That's his net worth uh, during his lifetime. That's not bad, Brian. I mean, you could, you could buy uh, yachts and big houses and travel the world. You could buy any kind of car you wanted. You yep. could... $124 billion. I guarantee you that nobody is checking the calculator when he goes into the grocery oh, no. store. Uh -uh. It's, uh, it's fact, a little different, you know, when you hold that ideology on the left. Yeah. It's fine because he does the appropriate things with his money. He invests it like in EVs and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So it's okay for him to be a multi-billionaire. Yes. I wonder who does his grocery shop. I'm sure he does not go in. <laughs> you wouldn't no. see him in a Gerbs, I guarantee you. Uh, but he has decided that when he dies, he's going to leave his wealth to charity. He's going to give it all to charity. Now, I find this surprising. Uh, critics have chided him for not signing the giving pledge, a promise by hundreds of the world's richest people to donate a majority of their wealth to charitable causes. In, a, in an interview with CNN, uh, Bezos uh, decided, uh, you know, to, to reveal what his intentions are. He was asked directly by CNN whether he intends to donate the majority of his wealth. Yeah, I do. Uh, agreed uh, in this interview that uh, since they began dating in 2019 to help shine a spotlight on Bezos' Courage and Civility uh, Award, granted this year to Dolly Parton. The 20-minute exchange with Bezos and Sanchez covered a broad range of topics, from his views on political dialogue and possible economic recession to, his, uh, to Sanchez's plan to visit outer space with an all-female crew. That's his significant other. Why are these multi-billionaires who are so anxious to raise taxes on the rich, why aren't they giving their money to the Treasury? Why are they giving their money to charity? One wonders if they believe in big government as much as they do in raising taxes and taking money. Maybe why? because they know the government will waste it. You think? Yeah, probably. Yeah, well, obviously, they're of the impression that they can get more good accomplished by giving their money to private charity. And they're not wrong. They're not wrong. They, they will get more accomplished. Somebody will be set up as, uh, you know, the chief cook and bottle washer, some nonprofit corporate 
president uh, will say, you know, we'll give this private charity that much money uh, this year, and we'll give that one so much money. This year. We're not going to give any money to them because they don't spend it wisely. They'll make sure that the money goes to the charities that do the most good. That's, that's the American way. The government, of course, doesn't do any of those things. The government just takes your money, and they don't have to be particularly careful with it because they can always take more. It's the bottomless pit of big government. But I found it curious that Mr. You know, Lefty, big government, big taxes, intends, along with Bill Gates and others, to leave their money to charity. And, you know, embarrassing people into giving their money is really kind of ugly, too. I mean, there, he's, he's being chastised uh, for not donating or signing on to the giving pledge. That's his money. He had to be able to do with it as he please. If he wants to watch, uh, if he wants to buy the Washington Post, if he wants to give it to the... Uh, 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 some school system, that's his money. He should be able to do that. Instead of, you know, somebody trying to ugly him into giving. I have no problem with him keeping all of his money and spending it as he sees fit. But I do think it's ironic that he would give the money to charity instead of the government. Lesson to be learned for all you lefties who follow the, the Democrats' version of how to help society, the great news society. Uh, moving on, because uh, Facebook, Facebook and Twitter are the two major sort of privately run town halls, and everybody has a little anguish about Facebook and Twitter. I didn't like Twitter because they were censoring, and I don't like Facebook particularly for the same reason. Uh, and uh, the Republicans, Josh Hawley at Al. We're looking at legislation to try and cripple them. And I have been saying, and you know this if you've listened for any length of time, that the government shouldn't get involved in regulating places like Facebook and Twitter. Because the marketplace changes things all by itself. You just need to be patient. Well, there's a story at uh, Reason Magazine Reports of Facebook's immortality are greatly exaggerated. Critics have said for years that Facebook is a monopoly that can only be killed by federal regulation. Meanwhile, the platform bleeds users, its stock prices plummeting, and it just announced its first ever round of layoffs. Well, I guess I was right. Last month, Elon Musk, the world's richest man, made good on his long-postponed pledge to buy Twitter. Musk's initial offer in April renewed bipartisan criticism of tech companies. Uh, Senator Warren, Elizabeth Warren, Squaw Warren, as we know her, blasted the proposal as dangerous for our democracy, called for strong rules to hold big tech accountable. Well, turns out the marketplace is right. The free market prevails. There is always going to be somebody knocking on the door of a successful company trying to take their customers so they can make the money that they see going to the other company. 
they become the competition. Eventually, they, f they fall. They all fall. And I've, and I've said this for years. Think about the largest retailer in the world was Sears and Rubbish. And where are they at now? They're gone. It, it, F.W. Woolworth, gone. All of these major retail, all these major corporations, they always, always, eventually collapse. The marketplace does it. Government doesn't have to. Uh, let's see. Uh, what is this global warming, Jerry? He's a little behind here. Jerry, welcome. You're a little, you're a little behind here. Yeah, I'm on the fringe of your uh, signal out here, and, and I, I, I can't get it all the time. But um, I'm an HVAC contractor, and um, the uh, the new Miracle refrigerant is R32 for residential and light commercial stuff. And they're getting rid of the 410, which was the Miracle refrigerant to replace 12 and 22 and blah, blah, blah. But I'll make this really short. Um, all the refrigerants in the world are heavier than air. I have yet for someone to explain me how they get into the ozone layer. I know a space shuttle dumps about 350,000 pounds of stuff when they launch it, or they used to launch it. I can see that getting in the ozone. But every refrigerant, just because of its chemical principles of, of, of chemistry, it will sink. It'll never rise. Does it break down? N actually, no. Uh, once that's that's what the big thing was. Whenever they uh, first said, "Well, R twelve and twenty two. Once they're once they're manufactured, it's going to stay R twelve and R twenty two forever." You know, and that's why they said it was so bad. But I think I, I think Carrier had the original fr uh, Freon. Uh, patent? Am I right? On uh, on R four ten. Uh, no, on the original. Uh, uh, Doctor Carrier did um, his original refrigerant was uh, ammonia that he used. General Motors actually had the patent on R twelve. They're they're engineers. All right, R twelve is that the uh, the coolant that they were putting in air conditioners in the nineteen seventies. Oh, ever since the 30s. Um, yeah, it's been around since the 30s, yes. They used the autom mostly automobiles, uh, refrigeration. It was an all-around type of refrigerant. All right. Well, when I was in Syracuse, which was where Carrier was uh, was at, mm -hmm. uh, uh -huh. they said that the patent had expired that Carrier held on it. And right. when that And when that expired, that's when there suddenly was this push for a new type refrigerant because of the ozone hole. And I'm not talking right. about Al Gore. Right, <laughs> right, and then they came out with what they called Puron. Yeah, I guess there have been a couple of uh, different uh, gases that they've used. Mm -hmm. Right now, if and you correct me if I'm wrong, I've only got about thirty seconds. If my fifteen-year-old uh, uh, central air conditioning unit breaks down, they can't just put in a new compressor and recharge the lines. They got to replace the lines too, don't they? They should. If they don't, they're getting robbed. Yeah, they they need to replace. The, if they if they switch the new refrigerant, they need to change the the uh, indoor evaporator coil also. So it's it's just a it's a money making deal uh, that the government is uh, cranking out there. But good for you anyway, Jerry. I got to run, buddy. Appreciate the call. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. It's the Zimmer Radio Network. This.
This is the Gary Nolan Show. Cryptocurrency is in the news. We're going to cover that in just a minute. Uh, it's something that uh, Brian doesn't understand, and neither neither do I. Um, but apparently, uh, one Democratic donor named Sam Bankman-Fried, uh, a 30-year-old cryptocurrency uh, boy wonder, given heavily to the Democrats, and apparently uh, he's on a run. We'll, we'll give you some details on this. Uh, but first, I want to talk about a, a beauty contestant who apparently has won uh, a Miss America pageant. And I saw the pictures. Did you see the pictures of this tub of goo? Yes, I did. Uh -huh. I mean, there are all these cute girls in the background, these cute long lady, young ladies. And this big, fat tub of goo won based on looks? I find that hard to believe. Uh, apparently, uh, the, uh, the winner's name is Brienne... Nugent. Um, and uh, while I'm at it, Brianne, um, <laughs> what? I knew you are going there. Where? What? Well, that's it's how you Brianna, pronounce it. It's Brianna today, but thank you. It's Brianne. Yeah. Brianne. B-R-I-A-N. Brianne. I, I don't know how to make it clearer to you. Uh, your your name, you've been mispronouncing it all these years. Your, your parents uh, probably uh, made the same mistake. But now we know that it's Brianne, B-R-I-A-N. And you've been calling yourself <laughs> Brian. Oh, my God. What was I thinking? I don't know. In an Instagram post, Brianne boasted about being the first transgender woman to be a Miss America local title uh, holder in its 100-year history. Uh, that's because until you came along, Tubby... Uh, everybody respected uh, science and biology. Uh, now, of course, we are told we have to ignore it. He says, my name is, well, he pronounces it Brianne Nugent. I'm 19 years old, currently a freshman at Nashua Community College, majoring in business management. Hope to use my degree so that I can create sustainable, ethical, and inclusive products like clothing, cosmetics, and accessories. Um... Ecstatic to be the first transgender uh, to be a Miss America local title holder. So they voted on it on him being transgender. I mean, they clearly didn't vote on him being a trans. I mean, he is really an ugly <laughs> woman, uh, man, woman, whatever. I, I don't even know what to call him. I, all the did you do you look at that photograph, Brian? All those I don't understand how any judge, and I put that in quotation marks, could choose that to be the winner of the contest. Are you kidding me? You clearly have to ignore science. Yeah, you have to ignore all the rules to come up. I mean, he shouldn't even have been in the contest. No, I, I love the part where uh, he suggests in the story that uh, we don't know what he has up his sleeve. Well, we know what he has up his dress, <laughs> and it ain't right. Uh, I'm just saying. I'm honored to be crowned your new Miss Greater Dairy uh, 2023. Thrilled to show you all what I have up my sleeve. Please, no more than just the sleeve, okay? Uh, this will be an amazing year, he wrote. You can't make this stuff up. You cannot make this stuff up. 
While we're talking about that, let us move on to a, uh, a, a related story. A federal judge has reversed the Biden administration rule that directed the Department of Health, Health and Human Services to increase access to sex change surgeries and hormones, including therapies included, uh, including to children. Uh, the uh, HHS said in May that it would interpret a section of the Affordable Care Act which bars doctors from discriminating on the basis of sex as uh, covering sexual orientation and gender identity. Uh, the two doctors uh, represented by the America First Legal Foundation brought a class action lawsuit against the Biden administration after HHS took the action, arguing that the rule would interfere with their ability to properly practice medicine. You know, if you've it, it taken that Hippocratic oath where you, you promise to do no harm. Every doctor who has performed transgender surgery on a minor needs to lose their license. Every doctor who's performed transgender surgery should lose any endorsement or, or license because they have, in fact, violated that oath. Now, I, I've said before, I don't think the government should license uh, anybody's uh, uh, employment, whatever the job is, including medical. But since they do, these doctors need to lose their license. And it, what I find it frustrating uh, also that they, uh, you know, if you join the military and you decide, yeah, I should have joined the wax. That's all right. Taxpayers will pay for your surgery. Even after you've, you know, joined as a man. This government is getting absolutely insane. Absolutely crazy. Sam Bankman Freed, 30-year-old wonderkind, according to uh, the Washington Post, of cryptocurrency spent tens of millions of dollars over the past year trying to reshape how Washington and the world think about finance. The crypto exchange was uh, that he founded, FTX, had become an industry dominating business in just three years. It was worth $32 billion as recently as January. He amassed political clout and an even bigger hurry emerging from the obscurity uh, from obscurity to becoming the second biggest democrat donor in the midterm elections by friday the money and the clout disappeared bankman freed resigned from ftx which then filed for bankruptcy on saturday the company revealed it was investigating unauthorized transactions worth more than 400 million dollars and that it had moved all funds into offline storage and Bankman Freed was left facing harrowing questions about his role in the most catastrophic collapse the, no, uh, the notoriously volatile crypto industry has seen so far. So what do, uh, what do the politicians want? They want to regulate cryptocurrency. I don't. I don't know very much about it. But in spite of this guy's, you know, the, the collapse of his group, uh, in spite of the assertions that he may have uh, stolen money 
I don't see why it should be, uh, there should be any new rules regulating cryptocurrency. And I've made this case about a whole bunch of other things in the past. We got all these rules and regulations about uh, different industries. But here's the thing. If he stole money, he's guilty of theft. Whether you steal a car, you steal a pen, or you steal cryptocurrency, it's theft. We've already got laws. They already exist. There is punishment for this. There, we don't need any new regulations. They'll argue, well, we need new regulations to protect people. No, we don't. We need to leave the industry alone and let it sort itself out. Let it come up with its own controls, with its own method of securing investments. And when somebody steals, like this guy apparently or allegedly did, they can hold him accountable. Instead, what you get from Squaw Warren et al. is, we need more regulations. Why, this should never happen again. We already had regulations to stop this from happening. It's against the law to steal. But it didn't stop this guy. And we don't need other regulations to cripple the industry. But that's what they want. Up against the clock, we're going to come right back and chat with you. You're listening to The Gary Nolan Show on the Zimmer Radio Network. It is, uh, what is it? It's uh, 10, it's 10.50, 10 minutes to 11. I knew I could get that out. Um, we'll, uh, we're going to talk about Donald Trump and uh, possible indictments. Uh, telephone number is 874-9390. The toll-free number is 800-529-5572. In the next hour, we will uh, chat a little bit about the... Uh, the Christmas dinner at CC City Broiler. Uh, it is coming around to that time of year uh, when we have to make some uh, some decisions on just when to do this, or even if to do this. Uh, we uh, I, I did talk to Jim Babka about coming to town, but he he cannot make it after all. Um, but um, we'll uh, throw out some ideas. President uh, Trump is going to have a, a press conference. I was actually invited. They actually did. Wanted me to get uh, press credentials, and um, I, des I decided not to. Uh, if if it comes out on, uh, you know, it's televised, we'll we'll play it here. Uh, but we'll get into all that. Uh, that's coming up. In the meantime, on crypto, Rick is on the line. Rick, welcome. How are you? I'm doing good. So something that not a lot of folks are actually talking about, I just did a quick Google search just to see if it does pop up. So... The U.S. government gave a bunch of money to Ukraine. U Ukraine turned around and invested a bunch of money in FTX. Oops. FTX then turned around, or at least the, the owner, and donated to the Democrats. Well, he did uh, donate a ton of money to the Democrats. But, uh, you know, clearly there's a little graph going on here. This guy is, uh, is committed a crime, and... You know, they need mm -hmm. to go after him. We don't need any more regulation for the industry. We've already got oh, no, laws. No. Definitely not. But, but I mean, you think about it. The U.S. government is, is authorizing this money for Ukraine, who is then turning around and giving all this money to the number two Democratic donor in, in the U.S. And he's just in turn turning around and giving it back to the Democrats. That's yeah. kind of fishy, if you ask me. 
Yeah, and that's uh, one of the reasons the government shouldn't be shelling out money. The government's, you know, task of constitutional things to do is very limited. And the bigger it gets, yes, the more of this kind of mud you get. <laughs> gotcha. All you right. have a good afternoon, sir. You too, Rick. Thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Uh, I'd actually heard that before, but the government's not supposed to give out your money. Founding Fathers never envisioned taking taxpayer money and giving it to some other country. That's, you know, you read these stories, there is a, a hurricane in uh, some island somewhere, and the United States is rushing to aid them, uh, sending ships full of food and, and money and water and all that stuff. That's all very nice. But it's not the government's job. They have no business doing that. And I will tell you this, if the government didn't do that, the private marketplace would do it better for a lot less money than the government does. But if we're giving money to Ukraine and you know and this this uh, circle circular firing squad is actually going on well that's just another reason why we shouldn't be giving out money all of these problems come from big government and big government generally comes from democrats it's almost no way to escape that uh Brian are you looking forward to your uh, new roll cart I didn't know that we were going to... Did we finalize anything, or have you heard? Well, I just heard from Brandon that uh, they're, you know, the, the conversation has restarted again yeah. uh, about roll carts. And I'm like, yeah. okay, yeah, I've been here before. <laughs> I'm so oh, you tired just don't, of hearing the conversation. You just don't want to give up on those monogram garbage That's bags. That's true, yeah. They look so lovely sitting out there at the edge of my driveway with yeah. the monogram. Uh, insignia right there on full display I've and then a, you know when the when the entire neighborhood does the same thing you should drive down our street Woo, beautiful oh yeah i'm sure it probably looks like an assortment of luggage <laughs> <laughs> i am curious to see if anybody within the sound of my voice has a trash compactor or has had a trash compactor and whether or not they like it I am seriously thinking of getting one. And I've looked at all the reviews, and I know which ones, you know, which one to get, or which one I think I'll get, if I get one. But I want to know if anybody out there has one. I, and I wonder how that works with the monogram bags. I mean, uh, do, does the uh, monogram trash bag hold up uh, under the weight? Well, of, no, I think the trash compactor comes with its own brown yeah, but you put the brown bag in the monogram bag and throw it out on the street. Correct, and it's all squished, but, yeah. you know, there's a weight limit on the um, black trash bag. There's only so much it can hold. You can't put 200 pounds worth of garbage inside one of those bags, if that's what you're thinking. I'm just wondering how effective that is, as a, but, but that's not why I'm asking. Uh, I, I seriously want to know if you have had or you have a, a trash compactor... They were really popular a couple decades ago, and they still make them. I'm just curious if you have had one or if you have one, did you like it? Was it was there a downside to it? 874-9390, toll-free 800-529-5572. 
I've I've been studying them, um, and and seriously thinking of getting one. I know the garbage bags will be a lot heavier, but Gwen's pretty strong girl. She can <laughs> she can lift them. Uh, what about uh, what about odor? Uh, you know, if you're compacting the trash and don't have to take it out every couple of days, then doesn't that start to stink a little? I uh, guess it depends on what you're throwing in your garbage. I mean, if you're putting food that uh, is in a pan that you didn't consume everything, yeah, it's going to stink. Well, for or instance, if you're putting KitchenAid, it down the garbage disposal. KitchenAid has one with a charcoal filter and I think some kind of a spray can or something. I don't know. Yep. Um, to control odor. But when they're sealed, are they, you know, are they, do they emit any odor? If you've got one, I'm just curious. I want to pick your brain for just a minute. Uh, 874-9390. Toll-free 800-529-5572. If you've got a trash compactor. All right. Uh, how much time do I have, Brian? About uh, two minutes. Two minutes. All right. That'll be time. And welcome. How are you? I'm well, thanks. Uh, we've had them in two of our houses and really liked them. And what about uh, odor? Any problem? Don't put food in it. So what you do you know, put? Just paper and... Cans, uh, you know, all sorts of stuff. But avoid putting food in it. You know, huh. don't scrape don't scrape a plate into it, you know. All right. And so, well, if you're just putting... Like, what if you get a, 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 a six-pack of hamburger patties and you cook the hamburger patties and you take the styrofoam thing, can you throw it in there? And Yes, yes. That'll work. Yeah, we loved them. How often do you have to take the trash out when you've got one of those? Depends on how much trash you have. But on average, for you guys, what was it? Well, we had a family of, how many, four of them? Um, I don't remember. I, I It lasts quite a while. I mean, it compresses very well. Um, let's see. Now, right, well. we, now we probably would only use one bag over a two-week period. One bag over a two-week period. Two, were they heavy? The were the bags heavy? It, it can be. Yeah. Well, we were a lot younger then. Oh. <laughs> Things that didn't see, that seem heavy now didn't then. Well, So, hard right. to say. And we had... You know, teenagers. Yeah, well, I just want to make sure that Gwen can carry the garbage to the you know, outside. <laughs> I, I don't want to, I don't want to push the limit there. All right, and thank you for the call. Hurting her back. Yeah, I, I care about her. So maybe what I'll do is get her a, a, a membership to LA Fitness or something and get her that back strength uh, so she can handle this. Thanks, Ann. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. It's the Zimmer Radio Network. This is The Gary Nolan Show 